Bienvenidos a Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Vaness, and every week I sit down for, you know, approximately a 30-minute conversation, sometimes a little bit more, with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. This week, I'm curious about astronomy. So I'm talking to the Deputy Project Manager Technical for the James Webb Space Telescope at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center, Paul Geithner. It's not about politics, everyone. Enjoy. Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Vaness. Uh, we have a very major NASA engineer realness episode for you today, and it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be kind of like when Brian Boitano went back to the Olympics in 1994 after a very long break, and everyone thought he was going to nail it really hard, but like he had weights, imaginary weights tied to his ankles. I don't know that much about NASA math. I had hair color, like successfully 97% of the time, you know, which is not, not great for simple addition, sometimes <laughs> multiplication. So we're really going to learn a lot today. Uh, right. Welcome to Getting Curious, Paul Geithner, who is, tell us, tell us your gorgeous title. I am the Deputy Project Manager Technical for the James Webb Space Telescope Project. Which is James Webb Space Telescope Project. What's that story? Ah, so the Webb is the next big space telescope. It's the successor to the Hubble Space Telescope. Okay, so it's orbiting. It's going to, yeah. We're, we're to. almost done building it, and it's going into space in a couple of years. And it's going to be awesome. Now, I remember being a little boy and like watching the Today Show, I believe, when like Hubble like was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. And why is like why has that been important? Like what have we learned? What are we gleaning? How could it help us? Wow, yeah. So, Hubble is findings from Hubble have rewritten the textbooks in astronomy and astrophysics and uh Webb has that same kind of promise because it's another great leap forward in capability. So, um just to give you a yes. quick little bullet. When I was 17, I accidentally signed up for astronomy in college because I thought that it was about like Aries and Pisces and I thought I was going to, you know, do charts and stuff. That's the level of Got sixth it. grade reading Got comprehension. It. Astrology, gonna, astronomy. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I remember news bullet points. So if you, if you really get into like a $10 word or like a multiple syllable scientific word, I want you to be ready for fast and hard interruptions. Got it. Cool. So anyway, Hubble re rewrote everything on 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 astronomy. Ast astronomy. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Um, it like what? Well, you know, we didn't know about supermassive black holes in the centers of galaxies. We didn't know about a lot of things. I mean, Hubble was built um, to primarily tell us how big the universe was. And does it? We, but did Hubble, we kind of like shot her. I'm just going to pronoun her a girl. Mm -hmm. um, did we just shoot her out of the... Did you, has she just been orbiting something or is she just traveling through space endlessly? No, nah, she's she's right above us. Um, she is? This she, whole time? She orbits about every hour and a half. and Around um, the entire world? It's like from... It's like from driving from here to Boston, but straight up in the air. That's where it is. It's in low Earth orbit. And... Um, uh, goes around the Earth about every 90 minutes. and That is insane. Yeah, and she's been up there since April of 1990 and doing science almost the whole time. And is it because is it, cause it only takes 90 minutes because, like, Boston is kind of north, so, like, to <laughs> circumvent the globe up there, it's, like, not as thick or something, so it doesn't take as long? No, I mean, it's, it's like, straight above our heads. It's, it's orbiting the Earth about 300 
20 nautical miles above the Earth. So. But if it was orbiting like above like the equator, wouldn't it take longer or something? Is um, it thicker there? Not really. Are you serious? Yeah, no. I, you, you know, the three-dimensionalness of this is very stressful for me. All right. But I appreciate you so much for <laughs> helping me through it. So is Hubble going to have to come down at some point, or is she just up there? Uh, it's up there, but it's slowly falling back to Earth. Because even at that altitude, there's a teeny tiny little bit of drag. So it's gradually losing altitude. So one day, we're going to have to attach a robot to it and plunge it into the Pacific Ocean or we'll have to give it a boost and stick it in a much higher orbit and leave that a problem for some future generation. Um, okay, well, that's a great little... I don't. What about space debris? Are we scared of that? It's a problem, but it's mostly stuff left over from the space race between the Soviets and the Americans, and it's, in, it's closer to Earth. So there is junk in low Earth orbit, and every now and then the space station, which is huge, it's basically a human habit trail the size of a football field, mm. it... Uh, Every now and then it has to dodge things. And, you know, space debris is a problem because little tiny things, you know, that like paint flex, but they're going at seven kilometers a second. So when they hit you, wow, they do major freaking damage. And so every now and then the space station has to like dodge and weave uh, tiny that little just do particle. little teeny boosters on one side or the other? And they, just like, because yeah. like if you fart, it goes in space forever or whatever. Yep. Is that true? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, so the space station has little tiny rockets on it, and it can, it can, you know, squirt itself out of the way or do whatever. Um, wow, what is could space debris ever? What's the chances that you could die from space debris falling and hitting you? It's really remote. It's extremely has it ever remote. No, I don't think there's a recorded case of anybody actually getting killed by stuff falling from space. Black holes. Yes, I know we didn't come here for that. Every time I read about one, I get very scared. I get scared on the level of like humanity ending like big, you know, new, you know, like it's like the Arctic poles, you know, freezing and some ancient virus comes out or, you know, like this flu, like woolly mammoth kills all of us. What's the chances of a black hole? Like, how dangerous are they? Or is that just like, you know, clickbait, you know, mainstream media? Yeah, it's clickbait. We're, it's- we're okay. We're okay. There, in fact, there's a really, really, really big one, like millions of times the mass of our sun at the center of our galaxy. It kind of holds our whole galaxy Milky together. Way? Yes. And um, stellar black holes, you know, black holes have formed from stars bigger than our sun that died. Um, there aren't any nearby. And but is so that a bigger okay. danger, a black hole, or a, the black star thing? What's really. a danger? What should we be scared of? Nothing is fine. Everything's um, great. We should be scared of ourselves more than anything else. <laughs> so we're okay. I mean, right, Earth has gotten whacked by large rocks, right? That helped kill off the dinosaurs 63 million years ago. Something, you know, a mountain-sized object hit us. Uh, it was a mountain-sized? Yeah, it was big. What about the Yucatan Peninsula crater? One? Yeah, that that's the one. Oh, that is the one? Yeah. The Chicxulub crater right off of the coast of Belize? Yucatan. Oh. Yeah, Belize, yes. Um, is that the where, big blue hole? It's, it's no. um, you can see the, uh, like the, you can still see the crater uh not really visually but um you know people do seismic studies and look at the ground and then there's like concentric rings of sinkholes around the center of this crater the the crater's huge it's like hundreds of kilometers in diameter and when the impactor came it was it made a hole like 100 kilometers wide and 30 kilometers deep and oh my gosh it was just a cataclysmic event and um yeah, the remnants of that thing 63 million years later are still uh, evident. Um, 
and it's it, yeah, it's crazy. So, so okay, stuff so the, like that hits the earth every now and then, but it's it's pretty rare. Um, okay, wait. So I have, actually have a question about that, but I don't want it's like it's really obvious and it's very Armageddon and it's very you know, and I'm, we're not here to talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, so the last time the Getting Curious checked in with like this kind of gorgeous subject matter was during the LIGO study, honey, when they just had confirmed the existence of gravitational waves. Oh yeah. And we learned about those tiny little mirrors in Louisiana and all over the yes. world and how they're and you know we made this this noise about how it sounds when like a black hole you know whatever. So you know and that was interesting and I. And and I think I understand. I think I understand in hindsight still why that was important because it was basically just like confirming, you know, the existence of that theory yes. that Einstein had predicted like a hundred years prior, yes. and like you know, gravitational waves really are a thing. Yes. Which, in one sentence, why does that matter again? Just because like we proved something, or like, do gravitational waves mean anything? Like, could they cure cancer? Like, is it a? Do we care about them? Um. Well, two things come to mind. One, yeah, it's a big deal because, like you said, it proved something. I mean, Einstein predicted this out of his general theory of relativity. The year after over... the Romanovs were brutally murdered. <laughs> yes. In Yekaterinburg, Russia. Seriously, 1917, <laughs> honey. It was forever ago. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, here's something that's been predicted that was pretty off the wall for a century. And, um, and then we finally have the technology and the engineering capability to measure it. And boom, there it is, just as predicted. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing, and uh, so it's you know validates our current understanding so far. We still don't know so much about the universe, but you know that validated something really fundamental about how we think the universe works at a large scale. And uh, but it matters for another reason because um, with light, you can only you know light's how we look at things pretty much. Um, and with light, you can only go back so far. You can't go back earlier than 380,000 years after the Big Bang because that's when, before then, the universe was a hot plasma, and so light couldn't propagate. It was opaque to light. So if you so want to, just it, black, like everything was just no, dark. It was, it was like hot. It was hot and glowing. Oh, you know, but plasma. so bl- but so glowing. Oh, plasma like lava, P- like um. Uh, ionized air like if you know like what lightning does to air so basically the reason that's important is because there was like 380 years that are unaccounted for 380,000 years so if you want to look farther back if you want to actually directly observe that time earlier than that which is awfully far back in time but if you want to probe even farther back than that you you can't use light you have to use something else so if we develop technology further to observe gravitational waves we could we could see the universe in even earlier times oh using gravitational waves instead of like light instead of light because light uh, the universe is opaque at times earlier than but that. what does that even need to like what are what is light like what like what uh, like, right yes you know and that that's that's the whole key to this telescope thing so light is light is a dessert topping and a floor wax it's a particle and a wave so light is a so she's great and she's not i don't understand she, so it's it's kind of two things at once it's a wave oh, I get like what a, you're saying. it's a wave like um like waves on the water but you don't need a medium it's it's an electromagnetic wave so it just propagates through space but light comes in in quanta it comes in the same size little packages called photons so it's a particle and a wave but if you think of it as a wave then that helps understanding the whole telescope thing. So, um, you know, with telescopes, we're basically looking at light far away. And, um, 
you know, with visible light, that's how we see with our eyes. That's what a lot of telescopes have been in the past. Hubble sees mostly visible light, and that's great. But um, if you want to see visible light emitted by the very, very first shiny objects in the universe, the first stars and galaxies, you actually need to look for it in the infrared. You need an infrared telescope to see that first visible light. And that's because the universe has been expanding since its beginning, the, since the Big Bang. I know that this is kind of like one of those probably like God Bible things where it's like, you know, your human brain isn't meant to understand everything, sweetie. You don't have to freak out because like my brain's freaking out. But right. when we talk about like the, like, so Hubble has been looking at literal light, like the wavelengths of light, and it can see back in time because mm-hmm. the evidence of the light that those original light stars shown is still there. Like, I don't understand so, that part. Right. So light light how are we looking at old light got it so light doesn't travel instantaneously it has a speed the speed of light is about three hundred thousand kilometers a second um that sounds really fast but actually on the scale of the universe is pathetically slow it takes eight minutes for light from the sun to get to the earth so when you look at the sun you're looking at it as it at you're looking at it as it was eight minutes ago so if the sun like blew up, it would take eight minutes for us to see the explosion. Yes. Wow, that's yes. interesting. And so if you look, when you look back, when you look at more distant objects, you know, many light years away. Light years just what about like this. the Big Dipper? How long ago are we oh, seeing that? Thousands light? of years, right? What? So, yes, it takes. No. No. Yes. No. <laughs> the Big Dipper takes like a thousands of years for us to see that light. Yeah. So, so when I and was, that's nearby. That's, so when that's I was in Yas, Australia, I could see the milk, the Milky, the Milky Way. Oh yeah, like, you're like looking at stars that are many thousands of light years. And away. that, so that's really? and a light a light years a measured distance, like a mile or a kilometer or a foot or a yard. But it or takes a, a year. So it's how far light goes in a year, which is a really long way on human scales. But on the scale of the universe, it's 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 not much. So yeah, so if I say something's a thousand light years away, it means it takes light a thousand years to get there and that's if that's the speed limit of the universe that's the fastest anything can go which that feels very black mirror episode one like i almost don't believe it like really like a thousand light years but that's i I mean you're telling me that i believe you like in your i'm i'm not a light speed of light denier i just can't i feel like you're a scientist is i i believe it wait you guys we have to take a really quick little gorgeous break i'm you know gonna probably do a ad in a british accent or make my mom read it or you know maybe this nice scientist we'll see this gorgeous engineer we'll see we'll see what's gonna happen we'll be back with more getting curious right after this Honey, take a moment and just think to yourself, describe yourself in one word. Are you simple, sophisticated, or adventurous? However you dress, the stylist at Stitch Fix can help you find your favorite piece. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing, shoes, and accessories directly to you. First, you complete a style profile, then an expert personal stylist will send you a hand-picked box of items based on your preferences. They even have men's and kids' boxes, too, which we love, honey. Let's get everyone, uh, you know, taken care of. Plus, I'm sure you can mix and match if they aren't, you know, in the dark ages. What if you want something from both? 
With no subscription required, you can pick between automatic shipments or only getting new pieces on demand. Shipping, exchanges, and returns are always free. Plus, the $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything you keep from your box. We love our Stitch Fix personal stylists. I can customize my own gorgeous preferences, whether it's sizing, brand, or budget. Once you finish the style quiz and set up your ideal number of deliveries, honey, you'll receive everything from jewelry to shoes to bags, all to go with your hand-picked outfits. I love that. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash JVN and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's S-T-I-T-C-H fix.com slash JVN for an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. Support for today's show comes from Rakuten. Rakuten is a free member-based loyalty program that lets you earn up to 40% cash back at over 2,500 stores. It's perfect for all your back-to-school shopping needs. Get cash back on everything from school supplies to new clothes at some of your favorite retailers like Macy's, Forever 21, Walmart, and more. And don't worry, it's always free. No gimmicks, no points to redeem. Better yet, Rakuten is so simple and easy to use. Simply go to Rakuten.com, click on the retailer you're looking for to activate the cash back, and then shop as normal. You'll earn a percentage of every purchase you make up to 40% cash back. Then, every three months, members will be paid in the form of a check or via PayPal. Sign up today at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. If there is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBTQ matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment and get help at your own time and at your own pace. Anything you share is confidential and it's so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions as well as chat and text with your therapist. If for some reason you are not happy with your counselor though, you can request a new one at any time and for no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness listeners can get 10% off your first month with the discount code JVN. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash JVN. Then simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash JVN. You can hear ad-free new episodes of Getting Curious, plus two weekly bonus episodes only on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash JVN and use promo code JVN. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. Um, you are very smart. I can't kind of uh, get over it, really. So we were just talking about light years and speed of light. What And then so there's that. There's wavelengths that, you know, don't need the medium because that's the light that's coming from this light bulb and from mm-hmm. the sun and stuff. But you're, that's not what infrared is. Right. And that, I'm saying that right, right? Yeah, infrared. Yeah, yep. I'm nailing it you down. It. I've really settled into my long program at this point. Like, I stumbled in my short program, but I was still in contention for the gold. And now I've really settled into my long skate. Skate Canada was this weekend. It's very good. Just, you know, figure skating. I know you don't have a lot of time, but still. Anyway, so tell me about infrared. Because that is that like yes. your ba- it's your baby? Is it your is it your is it your professional that's, baby? That's right now. Yeah, that, I'm, yeah. I've been engineering stuff to look at that for a couple decades now. She's so. the love of your life. 
I guess. Is it Fred a boy or a girl if you were going to pronoun it? She's a collection of sisters, I think. She, uh, oh, I love it. She's a girl. Okay, good. I'm, I am yeah. loving them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, infrared light is... It's it's light just like the visible light we're looking at from these light bulbs and stuff. But it's slightly longer wavelengths, and our eyes don't see it. But infra- Is it UVA or UVB one? Ah, so that's the other end. That's like shorter wavelengths than our eyes can see, and that gives you a sunburn. Mm-hmm. And um, But infrared light's the other side. So, if you think of white light... Is uh, that we see is actually composed of colors. You know, when you see a rainbow, the raindrops are refracting light and bending it, and it's splitting it out into its constituent colors. So it goes from like violet all the way to red. Roy G. Bev. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. and on the 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 violet light is the shortest wavelengths, and shorter than that that we can't see. That's ultraviolet, and that gives you a sunburn. It's dangerous, and the ozone layer helps protect us and keeps us from all dying. And um, but on the other end, on the red, just longer than red that we can't see, that's infrared light. And you can't see it with your eyes, but you can feel it as heat. And um, that makes building something to see infrared light, especially an infrared telescope, really hard. Because if you want an infrared telescope to be really sensitive, um, it needs to be really cold. Mm. Because or else it'd be looking at itself, Right. Because it's got a temperature, it's warm. Remember, we were talking like, to you. We really have to break this down. We're going to go building blocks. So, okay. Well, not literal building blocks because I probably won't understand that either. But because it's sensitive to because like infrared is like I think they do like facials with infrared things sometimes. Yeah. Like there's or like is that like yeah I think right I think there's like certain like little handheld things that we use infrared or something. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, well, military guys use it to see people moving around at night. Yes. Okay, because you see the hot bodies running around, um, uh, and. Um, so yeah, infrared. There's infrared cameras. Like we're glowing bright white and hot put, light okay, bulbs at, at infrared light. Oh, you guys! So if, like if I had like an infrared like glasses on right now, I would see your outline. Oh my god! It's like Kevin Bacon in Hollow Man when you saw his like private parts in infrared light. Do you do you guys remember that? Because because he's invisible because it's Hollow Man, but they have to use everyone has to use infrared uh, goggles to see him because he's turned evil from this human experiment that turns people invisible. And then you see the outline of his private parts. I was like ten, I was very traumatized. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm not a TSA here I'd be agent. in for it. But oh my god, because is that what they use in the thing? They use something longer than infrared called millimeter waves for the t- for the TSA guys. And yeah, so I'm glad I'm not one of those guys and don't have to look at all those images. But it anyway, sees everything. You, you see enough. <laughs> like exact outlines of everything? You see outlines of... Yeah. Rude of them. <laughs> so anyway, so you've been building infrared and, and trying to hack this out because the... And just to give... I, I want to get back to the telescope, literally, mm-hmm, but I just mm-hmm. want to explain to people like what the why is, again. And yes, I think we absolutely. Kind of it, but is it why is important. It, that's basically to get to those 380,000 years that we haven't been able to look at or just see different Almost stuff? there. We... Uh, that that light, yeah. So um, that light from the ec- the echo of the Big Bang, three hundred eighty thousand years ago. That's been that was bright visible visible light back in the day. But it's so long ago, and the universe has expanded so much since then that it's actually reaches us today as stretched out light, stretched out so much it's microwaves. Mm. But we want to see a time a little bit later than that because after that happened the universe was just neutral hydrogen and helium it was dark nothing was happening and then suddenly at some early point in the universe stars galaxies black holes everything went crazy that's the that's the slice of that's the epoch in space time that we want to see and so visible light from those first stars that shows up today 
as infrared light for us. So that's why we're building this infrared telescope, because we'll, we'll be able to see visible light from the first stars if we build an uh, infrared telescope today. Well, that's how we'll see it. And then we'll be able to tell everyone like exactly if God was like a man or a woman and what they were wearing like when he strolled onto the stage in the galaxy and just, you know, pulled out his wand and just started making shit out. Of, I'm just kidding. Um, but that's cute. I love that story. Um, that's a, that's really important. Like we that's like good, valuable information for probably like building other tool. Like what like what, is, what are we going to use with that information? Like what are we going to do with it? Um, well, it, it'll hopefully validate some theories and invalidate others about how we think, you know, physics works. But uh, maybe closer to home, what's really cool about an infrared telescope is uh, it's great for looking at the nearby universe. It's great for looking at planets around other stars besides our sun. And, you know, we're, we're discovering planets. Planets are... are vermin in the universe we're finding planets are they're everywhere vermin? they're everywhere oh oh just in the sense that there's so many there's of them. so many but of they're them. not bad no they're not bad yeah yeah i mean like i like squirrels and there's a lot of yeah i just thought the cats <laughs> domesticated cats are one of the most invasive species on the planet i didn't realize so you guys adopt cats right like they need homes and apparently they just wreak havoc on the environment right mm-hmm. they kill a lot of birds but so but it's good because it helps us like find out more information yeah, about so, our universe. So yes, so it, yes, and and um, you know, okay, so uh, proving some theories and disproving others about cosmology, you know, that's pretty esoteric stuff. It's like, well, how does that relate? I, so, what people, a lot of people, are really excited about is, is there, are there habitable planets, Earth-like planets around other stars? Are there planets like us? Are we alone in the universe, or is there? Are there other habitable places out there where maybe life exists? And infrared light is a great way to uh, explore that. So with an infrared telescope, we can uh, study other planets around nearby stars. We'll be able to sniff their atmospheres. And more about kind of temp- is it kind of more temperature-based? It's, it's a temperature thing. So planets are brighter in the infrared, and the contrast difference between them and their parent star, their own sun, is much lower, so it's easy to observe. Because if you were looking at ours, maybe, like our solar system, like the sun, if you were looking at it with, like, if you're on some other planet a while, like a far away with this, yes. with infrared, the, is that what we call it? Is that its name? This telescope? What's this telescope's name? Uh, it's called the James Webb Space Telescope. Oh, yeah, yeah, you already said that. Webb, or Webb, for sure. Okay, so Webb, so if you were to look at our solar system with Webb from, like, far away, mm-hmm. like, the sun would glow its ass off, and then maybe, like, yes. Mercury would also kind of, because it's close, so close, and then Venus a little bit, and then, is there, like, a... You got is there like a grade that is like Goldilocks grade, like with the, with with Webb, where it's like, ooh, that's just the same color as ours would probably be. Like, I bet there is yeah. some stuff over there. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So um, you're good. The the uh, infrared telescope looking at far away. You know, if somebody else had one, some plant around some star not that far away, looking at us would say, oh, look, there's a uh, there's a there's some planets around that star, and ooh, there's a couple planets in. It just the Goldilocks distance, just the right distance from the sun where, where it's not too hot, it's not too cold. So liquid water can exist, solid water can exist, gaseous water can exist all at the same time. And, um, and uh, with spectroscopy, another big word, but mm. um, besides just taking pictures, if you use spectroscopy, which is like passing light through a prism, you know, splits it into its constituent colors, you can see what, what the light is made of. Um, 
uh, we can actually sniff the atmosphere of a, of, a, of a planet like ours and go, oh, look, there's free oxygen, there's carbon dioxide, there's methane, because there's water. Oh, and it's just the right temperature. Maybe there's life there. And that's pretty exciting. Is that because in like the like if you were to use spectroscopy with mm-hmm. a color, you could be like, oh, those are little wavelengths. Those are longer ones. And I know that oxygen has a medium wave. Like, do, do yes. those things have every every um, molecule has a. Uh, a, a unique spectral fingerprint, so to speak. So it will emit or absorb very specific wavelengths of light, and, and everything's unique. So f- diatomic oxygen that we breathe, that we need to live, um, has a very it will absorb light in very specific wavelengths. And you know, it's different from what carbon dioxide absorbs, or water absorbs, or or methane absorbs. And, you know, it's really and so we we that's how we can like sniff the atmosphere of an exoplanet. We go, we just. Take the light from that, uh, the starlight passing through the atmosphere of that planet. We'll put it through a prism, basically, and go, ooh, look, there's a signature of, of this element and that element and this molecule and that molecule. And um, that's how we know what things are made of. Besides just taking really cool pictures, we can actually, you know, see what things are made of. But even closer to home with that science is that, like... When, you know, yogis say, or like, you know, spiritual people, it's like, you know, when people vibrate at a certain frequency, you know, like it, but that's so like, if, if every molecule has it, well, that means that like we ourselves, like molecularly, like would like, if you're like, if you have less oxygen in your body, cause you're like sick or you're like, don't know how to breathe with your whole lung or something, then like you wouldn't have like the same, we all do vibrate at little frequencies. I know that you're talking about stars, but I feel like that's like a thing. Yeah. Like when you're talking about that, that makes me feel like we have littler bits of that going on inside of us yeah that's kind of cute and weird so it's like don't hang out with bad skinky people because then you're going to vibrate at their shitty less oxygenated frequency so just don't do it queen i get it sometimes you just got to break that that like you know proverbial machete of relationship ties and just start just cutting people off left and right just letting them go you know what i mean if they're just not vibrating you just gotta let them go yep so anyway back to infrared yes so that's what the point is and then how does it work because it's got to stay very cold you were saying that before like it's got to so so yeah because you don't want to look at your your own heat you don't want to look at your own infrared radiation so so uh, infrared telescope it's optics and then the 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 cameras and the spectrometers behind the the optics that collect the light and take pictures and take spectra they need to be cold or they're looking at their own infrared light so that makes that makes for a hard engineering problem because um, as you know about shrinkage, right? I think so. So, you know, when things get cold, oh, yeah, they, they, they typically smaller. shrink. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. So um, things contract and expand with lowering and increasing temperature. So, Because you're going to launch this satellite or this telescope. Yes. Like you're going to launch it and it has to stay cold like on launch and in space not on launch but once it gets to space yeah so but we had to build it at room temperature but it's got to be it's got to work at really really cold temperatures temperatures so cold that air air would be a solid at at these temperatures because it's so far up in the so it'll be so its own heat won't be a a source of background and um and it's going to be far away so um we had to build it at room temperature exactly wrong so that it wrong shape wrong size so it will be exactly the right shape and size oh there when it's deployed and cold and working so so the telescope is basically it's got optics and it's got a giant tennis court size five layer umbrella and the optics stay on the shady side so they can get really really cold and the sun and we keep the sun and the earth on the other side so we put this thing a million miles is it a circle it's like a kite it's like a it's like a diamond shaped 
tennis court sized five layer umbrella. It's tennis court sized? Yes. In space, it's going to be tennis court sized? Yes, like so three story huge. tall, three to four story tall thing in the area of a tennis court. How are you going to get it that far out? How are you going to launch it? Yeah, so we have to fold it up like origami. Uh huh. Like, very tightly. That's the other engineering challenge. It's we like to, a mattress from, it's like a Casper mattress queen. It's like, yes. how do they get it in that little box, honey? And then she launches up into the sky and she's just going to Exactly. So, yeah. So, besides building it wrong, so it's exactly right because of the temperature thing. Which has got to be stressful for your little baby science brain. It's well, very stressful. science brain because you're like, oh my God, it doesn't seem right here. But you've got to think about it for out there. Yes, it's crazy stressful. So, we had to build it so that we could fold it up. And then it has to unfold by radio remote control by command when it's in space a million miles away. So those, th- that makes it really hard engineering-wise, the temperature thing and the deployment thing. So we actually fold it up so it, it's small enough to fit on the nose cone of a rocket. And then we stick it on a rocket and we send it straight to, to uh, this gravitationally happy place that the sun and the earth form called Lagrange Point 2. And it's about a million miles away or a million and a half kilometers away Is that opposite like the-, the sun. Wait. So it's and it's, that's way but way past all the spheres, like the oh, stratosphere. It's, and all it's that four stuff. times farther away in the moon. Oh, it's, it's, oh, so it's, it's going to go far, that far away. It's far away. Yes. It's, and then it's going to is it going to orbit? It's going to orbit the sun in companionship with the Earth. So, so instead of orbiting in- around the Earth like Hubble does and our GPS satellites that showed me how to get here this morning and weather satellites do, it's going to orbit. The around the sun like the Earth does um, at this gravitationally happy place called Lagrange. What about two. those asteroid belts? It couldn't get. It's not, uh, it's get not that, that far away. Okay, cool. Yeah, because those yeah. those are very dangerous. We can't get our gorgeous, precious baby in those in a in a rain shower of that. Right. How is this going to avoid the asteroid the debris? So because what if something sp- hits it, because it's probably not going to happen. Oh, it's so far away. No, no. It's just that space is so big and empty that. Um, we're above all the space junk that people made in, during the space race in the 60s. That's much closer to Earth. Um, so it's, it's, it's away from that stuff. It's away from the man-made space junk we have orbiting the Earth. But it's not nearly as far away as the asteroid belt. And um, where it's going, there really isn't a whole lot of stuff. It's, it's pretty empty. Are you only going to get one chance? Yes. I wish we could have funded it so you could have just built two while you're at it. You know, it's like getting there is the most expensive part. Oh, man, we could build a second one much faster and cheaper. But, yeah, the, so many things NASA like does is just on one thing. You I know, just always one want of two pairs. I just, if I really love something, I just like, oh, if I can afford it, I always like want two pairs. Good strategy. Because I freak out about, like, you have one in the car, one in your house. You know, it's like you got like that great lipstick that you just need. You know, I like to get two, but this is not lipstick but anyway back to gorgeous infrared so 2021 we're, we're gonna try to launch it right we're gonna launch it yes has, it tr- have, has anyone been nightmares like to nasa is, it, is nasa different like pre post trump no they probably love it because they're gonna do the space fleet and everything <laughs> nasa's probably like loving that that pence and trump right because he wants to go I, take people to the moon again and make it all like cute and like or something i may have just made that up but that's popular these days but i like they said something yeah. about the moon um yeah the moon the moon the moon is a the moon is uh, the moon is a thing that politicians like to talk about a lot. Yes. Why is that? <laughs> she's, um, like she says, she's a silly little tide controlling like moon. Yeah, I you know. Like, haven't we been there already? We've been there. I mean, that, that's one of the things that inspired me to to get into this. Was I, I was a little kid watching. I remember watching Neil Armstrong step on the moon live on this little thirteen inch black and white TV in my parents' bedroom at like eleven thirty something at 
night Eastern time, U.S. Eastern time. It was so cool. That's cute. Yeah. Did would the moon be cold if infrared saw it? The kite would it see the moon as cold? It would. Yes. So, in, and if you look at the moon in the infrared, the lit side, it looks pretty pretty darn bright. And if you look at the side that's not lit, it's it's like oh that's a lot colder oh yeah so then back to the kite so basically so once she gets to like that gorgeous you know gravitational sweet spot so to speak Mm -hmm. where she's gonna live everything works you want the when you say the optic side that's the Mm -hmm. side that has the tools that takes or that sees the infrared light or something yes and is that multiple tools in one kind of yes yes we have four main instruments we call and those are the sisters yes exactly that's what I was referring to so um yeah, we call, if it's a camera or a spectrometer or a thing that takes data, we call it an instrument in my community. So, so a camera, a spectrometer, or something else into something else? Yeah, so we have a near-infrared camera that's going to take the coolest pictures that'll probably show up in newspapers. Then it's called near-cam. Will that be a, a glowy thing, like I think, or like the soldiers seeing people, but at planets? It, it'll, it'll, uh, it, it'll take really cool, it'll look like pictures that Hubble takes from that thing it'll be really neat I need to google what a Hubble picture looks like does that see real or or is that did you really see do you see texture like gorgeous texture yes yes it'll be beautiful oh I remember Hubble now it just came back to me my brain just took a minute to to unlock it (laughs) Um, no it really did so okay so the optic side is going to face out right it's going to be always in the shade of this giant kite and and, um, this giant umbrella and, so the uh, umbrella doesn't have the tools on it. There's like a sphere underneath the umbrella. Yeah, there's 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 kind of two halves. There's a hot, warm half and a cold half of the observatory, and the the sun shield's in the middle that splits it into a hot and a cold half. And the the cold half's got the the telescope optics, this huge huge te- telescope. Your friend, it's, if you guys, if you imagine we're in this like gorgeous. Oh, yeah, it's we're totes gonna put this on the Insta story, honey. This is gorgeous. Nice, yeah. It's a She's pretty, got hexagons. Yeah. So this side is the side that um, you guys, if you can pull over right now, don't you know, pull over or whatever, <laughs> but get on the Insta story or whatever, and or Google it. And so, but that's the side that's gonna see that. That's the telescope yes. itself. Yes, and, and then e- this underneath side is what the stabilizer or something. That, yeah, exactly. That's where the that's what the um, the spacecraft bus we call it. That's got the computers and the con- control communications and the attitude control stuff. It's like the last seven minutes, and now like her her frontal lobe finally decided to switch on. So we got it. We're gonna get this together. Okay, we'll get it together after this quick break. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. We have gorgeous Paul Geithner, who's a engineer, scientist extraordinaire. I mean, I feel like I can call you a scientist at this I'm, point. I'm an amateur scientist. I'm not a card-carrying scientist. I don't have a PhD in astrophysics, but I, but I. But you have a PhD in. But I'm math into science. Something? I have. A, I'm an engineer, so I've. But aren't you guys? I mean, you guys might as well have gone to school for seventeen thousand years. I mean, I'm, it helps to know something about the science to in order to engineer a tool like this. So yes, so I know a little bit about the science enough to be dangerous. But I'm my really my friend an is an engineer who came on this show, um, who did the episode about strokes because she's an engineer and she and she's she like engineered like this cool medicine for like stroke victims. I think engineers are just cool as fuck. Anything about lady engineer? Is there more? Do you notice more ladies coming oh. into the field? Is there? Yes, we have some fantastic women on our project. Uh, just fantastic, yes. Note to you from me. 
as many ladies as you can get in the fold because you that Neil deGrasse Tyson Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson yes yes, Neil deGrasse Tyson I'm gonna see I fuck up everyone's name it's it's it's, it's, all the time Neil he was saying you know because like ladies are like fifty percent of our people but they don't make up fifty percent of like anything corporately science like team wise and if they were fully integrated in society girl I bet this I bet you would have had this to who even knows but. I'm really glad that you did it though. So what? So but this side just stabilizes to make sure that we don't get turned the wrong cattywampus because we have exactly. to stay the right way. Yes. Yes, because of the heat. That's and got the, the cold. solar array to make electricity out of the sun power. It's got the antennas to talk to the earth. It's got the in, inner ear parts to keep it nowhere yeah, it's going. Because you almost have to make it seem to this part like none of this is even here. That's right. Like the heat cannot be there. Like, that's right. So is that sheet absorbing all the heat? It's it's basically reflecting all the heat that's that's coming from the sun because there's over 200 kilowatts of you know, solar insulation hitting that tennis court size sun shield, and oh, yeah. we got to reject that. So on Earth, is this actually because of shrinkage? Is this in the room that you're building it right now? Is it really like a like a seven size like hanger? Is it really like ten times this size bi- right now? It's well, it's it's yeah, it's in it's what you see in that picture is in a clean room out in California and we're about to put the whole thing together. It's almost all completely built. But isn't it going to be bigger because of shrinkage? Isn't it's, it going to be bigger than you wouldn't tell from Earth? your eye? Cause it's like a fraction of a, you know, it's like a millimeter different in size over to that giant thing. That's almost as big as a 737. So it's, it, it's not something you'd see, but optically it's a, big freaking deal so but it doesn't shrink so much like it's not like if it's three stories in space it's not like 30 stories no 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 it's not that much but it's enough to make a big difference scientifically um, because of your little baby yeah because because you know we're looking at we're looking at um we're looking at wavelengths of light they're they're such a tiny fraction you know it's so small it's hard for people to comprehend but um like hubble hubble's hubble's mirror was ground to the wrong shape right it was only one ten thousandth of an inch too flat but that was enough for but they didn't find out once it got out there right and that was but that's five waves of green colored light did that's, you that's fix it once like you got a here gross post? error no we basically fitted it with um that was my first job at nasa actually was was the corrective optics for hubble how did you we, do it you flew something out there yeah yeah we, we no you did yes we not. yes we did we made new stuff and astronauts plugged it in we made stuff for the astronauts plugging the you know you're you know what i have to say if i was gonna like queer eye your attitude um you're so like not that assuming in your cute little face you know you're just like oh i'm just like this you know i'm like i got kids and i know stuff about stuff and then you're like eyes going you're like literally over here doing the most and acting like you're not even doing the most i love that story so impressed um so this is the point in yoga class where, you know, we got to the end of class. What did I miss? What do you need the children to know? The ch- just the, the listeners. Like, where can they find more of you? Like, But yes. also, you do, But that's actually the question after this. I jumped again. Like, you still get more time to, like, mm-hmm. what did I miss? What do we need to know? Like, what did I spend 15 minutes processing before we got here together that I should have really done the first half so that people need to know? Like, what did we miss? Like, what was your most gorgeous aha moment? Like, tell me a story. Mm. So, um, well, about Webb, I mean... It's, you know, whenever people build a, a new tool of science with new and powerful capabilities, you know, we always discover amazing things. And that really is the promise of the, of the Webb Space Telescope. It's, it's going to be a leap forward like Hubble was a leap forward um, and other tools. You know, geez, Galileo, he, he didn't invent the telescope, but he was the first guy to take a telescope and point it at the sky. And it blew people's minds. And that was with this tiny little, you know telescope and why did they have telescopes he got in big trouble that? for that right because he, he oh. shook up the 
the, the you know, religious orthodoxy and dogma and all that, and it just blew people's minds, you know. But, I mean, nature's, every time we, it's hubris, right? Every time we think we got everything figured out, we we build something new, look at nature with it, and we're absolutely blown away. We're like, holy crap, we thought we knew everything and we don't know squat. And that that that's one thing that really excites me personally is this is this is a really powerful tool. We're going to learn a lot of really cool things that we can't even imagine um, yet. But, you know, some of the greatest discoveries that Hubble made were basically answers to questions that no one had even thought to ask. No one had even imagined. And this is going to do the same kind of thing, I think. I love that. Because it kind of provides, like, we didn't even know that that was we didn't know that it was going to provide the answers that it provided yeah i love that it was designed to measure the size of the universe and how fast the universe is expanding and you know back calculate how big the universe was and and ended up doing things that was never designed or imagined that it could do and um this web's going to probably be the same thing you know we designed it to look at the very first light to shine in the universe and oh it'll be really great for looking at exoplanets and seeing if, if places are habitable, near, you know, in the nearby universe. But uh, I'm sure people are going to use it to do things that I, I, I can't even imagine. Not yet. to be a catastrophizer, but, like, you know how, like, with Hubble, like, it was kind of orbiting the Earth, so if something did go down, you had, like, the opportunity to, like, send that gorgeous thing out there with mm-hmm. the robot and fix it? Because this little girl's going to live so much farther away. Like, is is there, like, a window where you're going to make it orbit the Earth in case something gets messed up that you can, like... But no, because then how's it going to go? Yeah. Like, there, is there a plan... B. My brain keeps going to play B just because you're such a nice man. And I just, you know, I always go to like a the back. Like, what's the deal? Yeah, there's. Well, um, we can't service it really. You know, people ask that question a lot. But oh my god, I'm sorry. Is is, is your no, no? It's totally cool. It's a totally legit and good question. Um, so you know, but think about it. The Hubble and space station are about the only two things that people built to to purposely be serviced and maintained by astronauts or robots or something um stuff we rely on every day weather satellites gps satellites um you know f- uh, phone and direct tv and all that kind of stuff those spacecraft we build with margin and redundancy in them so that they will uh work without having to tend to them after they're launched and and we're using those same tried and true processes and things that we've developed over decades of engineering spacecraft to uh to build this thing so you know it's not risk-free but um uh because it's far away it's going to be far away and because um it's so cold on the cold side that servicing is is very hard to do we are looking at gee could somebody go out there one day and put more rocket fuel on it because it actually needs a little bit of rocket fuel to maintain its orbit and and help it point and things like that. And so ultimately, what will limit the life of this thing if all the electronics and moving parts still work many, many years is rocket fuel. So people are looking at, oh, maybe we can find a way to throw a robot out there and refuel it. What about test runs? Have, is there, is oh there my gosh, yes. Can, you've been, we've been doing that? We've been building like, yeah, we, we tested. Yeah, yeah, you have like thing. 45 seconds to answer that okay. question. Yes, we, 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 we've built like you know engineering models of the real thing before we you know kind of like prototypes copies of of parts of the real thing that are really hard and we've tested those and then um and we're testing yin yang out of the actual flight thing to make sure it's gonna work before we put it in space that's a big part of what we do and just like a little like uh 
like when you test like like the launch part of it, you're mm-hmm. testing the yin yang out, and you're just like, oh, let's take an island and like an atoll somewhere and practice it or something. No, no, I mean, we're, like literally this weekend, we were just taking the the sun shield and spacecraft part of this half of this thing and shouting at it with extremely loud sound, like you know, much louder than Led Zeppelin's. Uh, you know, song remains the same concert in '73. Mm-hmm. Um, much louder because that's the kind of sound that the thing's going to see when it's on top of the rocket. So you got to make sure it's going to survive that sound environment. We're, and then in a couple of weeks, we're going to vibrate the crap out of the thing. How did it do? Did and it do this good this because weekend? Because it's going to get vibrated. Yeah, we just did the shouting at it. Did it, it do this good? Weekend. Yes. Oh, yay, girls! You did so good. So proud of you. You're doing great, sweetie. Um, Love that story. Yeah. Um, so, is there? Where can people find you? Where can people like follow your work? It's coming out in. It's coming out in in uh, twenty one. Yeah, launching in twenty one. So look for the news then. Look yes. For build up of it. Are you on the Twitter? Are you on the grammar? Yeah. Anything? I'm. I'm on. My, personally, I'm on Twitter at Paul Geithner. Yes. Um, the, uh, the web has its own Twitter and Facebook pages, and we got does? a web, Yep, and we've got a. Uh, We've got a uh, website. Just go jwst.nasa.gov or just Google Web Space Telescope or JWST or Web. But um, yeah, on and we'll U- put links to that too. Okay. Yeah. But YouTube, NASA Web Telescope. Twitter, it's just NASA Web. Um, Facebook, it's Web Telescope. But yeah, Google's your friend. So. Well, thank you so much for you know holding our hands, guiding us through this, being so patient with my extremely clunky knowledge of astronomy and the gorgeous James Webb Space Telescope. And um, But I really do appreciate your time so much, and I thank you for your passion and your life's work. It's really so interesting. I'd love to have you back sometime and talk more about it, especially like when we launch it. we got to hear back about it. we got to hear how it's going. Yeah. And if, you know, if any, you know, political stuff gets in the way of you researching, like, then we will also have to have you back, honey. I'm gay as hell. I'm mad as fuck. And I'm just so glad that you came and gave us your time on Sunday morning, and I can't wait for this gorgeous launch. Thank you. Yay. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Benes. My guest this week was Paul Geithner. You'll find links to Paul's work and socials in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JBN. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, please help us get the word out by sharing our links on your social screens. Thank you so much. We love you, and we'll see you next time on Getting Curious. It's Sashir and Nicole from Best Best Friends. Our podcast has been out for a few months. If you haven't listened to it, you should. We've already asked the big questions in life. Imagine if we could lay eggs. Okay, sure. (laughs) I guess we... Wouldn't that be funny if you could eat from yourself? No, because that's like cannibalism. Not when you eat yourself. What? Hmm? Answer listener questions. Hi, Nicole and Sashir. What happens if Sashir dies first? I mean, I've never thought of that. Well... I would be so sad. <laughs> oh no, Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> I'm not gonna die. Take BuzzFeed quizzes. Let's pick eight foods and we'll give you a sex position to try. Whoa. This is wild. Plus, we bring on other funny best friends to talk about their friendship. I almost wanna cry. I feel, I don't know why that really made me feel emotional, but. It's because <laughs> it's pure to talk about it friendship. It's nice. It's so nice. It's like so rare to like articulate it, but she's always there for me. Like, I, I think she's just somebody who. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love it so much. <laughs> oh my God. It's really sweet. Best Friends with Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda is new every Wednesday. On Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen. Oh my God. To it. <laughs>